I've got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where freerunners analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. It's time for the best ofs, this time compiling the greatest moments from our past 12 episodes, aka Season 4 of Brotherhood. We're about to head into the final season of Brotherhood, and we'd love to have you with us as we experience the final twists and turns of the story. And the final predictions as well. Because I'm about to watch this finale for the very first time. Wow. Mike, since this is your last best of before the finale, can you tell us if you think the Elric brothers will get their bodies back? Yes, I think that they will probably get their bodies back at this time, currently, yes. Probably not Ed, but Al, yes, I think Al will get his body back. And soon enough, we'll find out whether or not Mikey has hit the bat. I think that's why we call the segment Mikey at the bat, right? I've hit never seen a baseball game. Hit the ball with the bat. Oh, okay, it's all sure. about hitting, yeah, it's all about hitting the bat, <laughs> the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, Mikey will hit the bat. In this best of, we're going to be skipping from episode to episode. Every time you hear this sound, Full Metal Alchemist. Nice. That means we've changed to a new episode. Let's begin the best of with episode 39, Daydream. Enjoy. Full Metal Alchemist. Hello, I am the editing robot. Before we begin this week's episode, I have a special treat for all of you. You see, recently, Michelle recorded an appearance on an upcoming episode of Chats, a television podcast. While preparing for the episode, Michelle invited the two to appear on this week's episode of Full Metal Analysts. And while they talked, he forgot that Magellan hasn't seen Full Metal Alchemist before. With that in mind, enjoy. Form Celine Bradley's a homunculus. Wait, not does Magellan know that now? Does Magellan know that now? Did it's okay. I didn't know, but it's okay. Oh my god! Oh no. no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was already oh suspicious. Oh no, Michelle! <laughs> Michelle, you fucking moron! Oh, you. I forgot. I'm so sorry. When do, oh, when do you find me. when do you find that out? I think I might be almost finding that. Episode out. thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm almost there. It's okay. Oh I would have god. found that out before I came on your show anyway. So can you send this clip to me later so I can? Oh, put this it all comes, yeah, we comes do, around. We have this all on record. <laughs> yeah, all on the record. I'll clip it out and send it your way. Yeah, I loved hearing the story of how you got the clip in the clip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like listening to a prequel. If I may uh, go on a bit of a tangent, I was thinking a lot about the train. I was thinking about how like in history books or history class, a lot of times when my teachers talked about the train, they would talk about like, you have to understand that to some people, the idea of going to a different part of the country in like four hours was totally alien to them. And if you imagine the train as sort of the veins of this rotten country that father has created, it's almost as if by when I you think go on a I, train, I think I see yeah. where you're going. Yeah, because Sloth is literally laying down train tracks in that hole he's digging beneath the entire country. Is that, is that where and, you're and going? You can, and you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of think that like nowadays, whenever we go on like a subway ride or a bus ride, we kind of shut down and we don't look outside the window. But these characters are going on a train ride so much that they look outside the window and they remember that like there are people and there is a country and there is a, a nation actually living here that are just pawns in this giant game. Oh, it's like the irrigation <laughs> canals. <they're>, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Trains. It's funny that like the, the emphasize that it's the irrigation canals that the excuse they use for the crest. Boy, of the emperor sure loves us. He sure does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love sure these never. new blood canals. I mean, what? to water. Wait, wait. <laughs> these soldiers showed up to massacre us. What a coincidence. <laughs> There's something to be said about how both the King of Xerxes and Father 
disguise their plans under technological advances. I don't know if this is something the show's trying to say, but there's something there. I did want to point out that metaphorically, like in a story, you can have a train which then allows your character to be still, but you're still in movement. Right. And so you're sitting down, but you are still in movement uh, across a landscape. It's sort of interesting because they are totally layering the psychological effects of that into the story by saying, well, sure, they're sort of sitting down. They're not doing anything active right now, but... Let me show you what's happening in their minds. And their minds are going a mile a minute, you know? Right. Trains are usually used also as as a driver of what time is. Mm. They standardize time. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get standardized time until trains happened. Wait, is that true? Yeah, yes. that's true. Wow. Because or else a train would leave a station at a certain time and it would arrive at a specified time at the next station. But if the stations were not synced up, they could not schedule the trains. Yeah, if you wow. think about it, if you're trying to do some kind of nationwide spell, you would need standardized time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you wanted to do a thing that crossed multiple time zones and make sure everything happened at the right time. Yeah, like the so one guy who distances. carved his crest of blood because he forgot about the time difference. Like, <laughs> carved it too late like oops i forgot damn it this philosopher's stone isn't quite as strong as i thought and it's like 500 people just we were supposed to be here right (laughs) do you guys hear that yeah i heard that stop the episode hello oh i am the editing robot mike i have just come from robot hell to talk to you i need you to listen to me are you listening to me mike huh what's what's going on here Uh, okay he came from robot hell okay go ahead good I need you to go get a pen and paper. Go do that now, Mike. Uh. <laughs> While we wait, how are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing good, oh, robot. Thanks so much. Pretty good. I feel like I feel like we're you're about to be gotten by a homunculus, man. Cool. Mike, I have just realized there is a secret message hidden on the podcast. Okay. The following is a compilation of the first word spoken on every episode of the podcast since episode 16. Right. Mike, write down the first letter of each word and you will see the message. Uh, You'll have to be fast. Okay. Some of these words are very short. You ready? Okay. Then let's do it. Here's the message. Salutations. E-gads. Let's. Impressive. Magnificent. Bravo. Radical. Amazing! Dudes lurking! Exciting! Yahoo! Impeccable! Super! Hooray! Oh! Me! Universally! Never! Carefully! Ultra precise! Lot! Overcharged! Surprise! You're welcome. Mike, what's the message? Okay, Mike, what was that? It says, Mike is always right. No, that's (laughs) not the message. That that can't be right. Salim Bradley is a homunculus. It's, or actually just is homunculus. Yes. <laughs> does it really say that? Yes, it does. If you go yes, back Mike. to like episode 16, when we started doing these. <laughs> wow. You know, all this time I thought, Michelle, where is he coming up with these? <laughs> why? <laughs> like you must have been really like, especially on why you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a few <laughs> where... <laughs> it was clearly a little bit of a stretch to come up with a greeting. Ulysses! <laughs> what? Look, it's all in service of the bit. It's all in service of the bit. When Michelle revealed that this was the plan, I that was incredible, I, I gotta yeah, that's, say. 
that's some real thinking. Yeah, listeners, I encourage you to go back and listen to every episode. And find some more of these. In full. That are hidden, <laughs> probably in the outros. It's one of my favorite things they do in stories. I, I love it when they do it on um, series of unfortunate story. What is it called in English? Series of unfortunate events. Yeah, they do it on that one. And there's one in Star Trek 2 where they say by the book and that's supposed to be a code for Shatner, not for Shatner, a code for Captain Kirk to know that what they're saying is coded. <laughs> right. It's really good. It's good for Shatner to start acting, goddammit. <laughs> He's really good in Star Trek 2. Come on, let's give him No, that. no, I do love Star Trek 2, although I will say that Wrath of Khan suffers from two stereotypical things. One, a red-shirted person is the first to die, and it just so happens it's the black captain right. who first dies. Thanks for it's saying like, that. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Shatner, proud white Canadian, putting down a proud Latinx uh, person, putting him back in his place. Khan Singh. Ricardo Montalban is... playing a supposedly Indian character. I just saw him last night. Uh, in in Spy Kids too. Oh right. Oh, he for a second I thought you were like, I just saw Ricardo Baltimore last night, and I was like, Arthur, he's dead. How did you do that? Well, like, did you run? Did is he, he still here? Screaming, Arthur, I will chase you. Is he there right now? <laughs> no, I saw him in Spy Kids too, which is pretty dope. Full Metal Alchemist. Before we go forth, it's time to bring on the classical music. Welcome to First Day Theater, reading actual posts from people who watched the show as it aired. Today we're going to do something a little bit different in First Day Theater. So I often get a lot of the comments I read on the podcast from this website called My Anime List. To those who don't know, My Anime List has an anime ranking system where you can vote on what the quote-unquote top anime are. And like most ranking systems, it means absolutely nothing. But some people take this very seriously, and there has even been a bit of a war going down between Full Metal Alchemist fans and fans of other anime, particularly Attack on Titan. Arthur, could you please read the following post? Okay. Somebody posted this on the My Anime List forums. It's a plea for peace. Okay. And now, First Take Theater presents General Arthur and the Anime Wars. So I've noticed the war going on, and I have a question. Why are we fighting over a cartoon? Why does anyone care if one is higher than the other? Can we all just enjoy the show we love? Who cares if one show is higher or not? You should like a show because you actually like it, not because you want to fight for dominance in a pointless online war that in 100 years is not going to mean anything. To be frank, it's both sad and pathetic. There are so many beautiful and wonderful anime out there that keep coming out that one day this show will be surpassed. Right now it looks like AOT's final season. I understand loving this show and wanting to protect it, but you don't have to fight over it. Love it and cherish, and understand that maybe it's time for another show to share the spotlight for a little. I doubt Hiromu Arakawa and Hajime Isayama would like knowing their fans are fighting over something so trivial. They wrote their stories because they had a story to share and a world they wanted to love and explore, not because they wanted to be at the very top. I'm not asking you to listen to me, 
and I don't really care. What I'm asking is think about what you're doing. Would the creators really want you to fight over this? Is it really worth it in the end? Do you really want to say that wasted time and energy fighting over something that in all honesty won't amount to anything? To which somebody replied, die. Full Metal Alchemist. Have you guys figured out Sloth and why Sloth is what he is? So yeah. busy? Why Sloth? Why so is strong? Sloth a big strong guy who does stuff? That was during Father's irony phase. He was like, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Sloth was the big dude? I think the best thing we could figure out about Sloth is that he does a lot of stuff and he's really strong, but he doesn't really want to. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's not really like, he doesn't get invited to the homunculi parties, you know, even worse than Envy. Envy is like begrudgingly invited, but Sloth is like, I don't care. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe he is invited. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't check his mail. I don't know. A strong, impervious man who does. The thing is, we never see Sloth not doing shit. He's never just sleeping. He's <laughs> always doing shit and going, fuck, I hate this. Oh, wait, this answers Michelle's question because Michelle asked her early on. He's like, why did this take 500 years? Oh, shit. Because you put Sloth in charge of the goddamn tunnel digging. <laughs> That's, there's your problem. Full Metal Alchemist. You know, I have some negative thoughts about this episode and I feel like it'd be good for me to get them out of my chest right now. It's, Dear Full Metal Alchemist, I think it's admirable that you would bring back such an old character like the guy who used to work for greed but i hate to tell you this i don't give a shit about him you cannot make me give a shit about him last time i saw this dude trump was president i don't fucking care i don't care who he is he's so unimportant i literally googled his name and in the span between googling his name and starting to record this podcast i forgot what his name was like i do not care about this guy but he just loves greed so much <laughs> It's like get yeah, get over yourself. Like, come on, dude. Are you really? I can only assume because he's crying about greed at the start of this. He's been crying this whole time. Right. So he's, he worked for the old greed. Yeah. But that greed doesn't even exist in the same consciousness anymore. Like he doesn't have old greed memories, right? No. no. Okay. So this is all right. <laughs> Sorry, but but Beto doesn't know that. You know, that's his name. That's it's kind of like the show trying to figure out a way to break greedling back into the story it's like what if we push greed's old buddies back into the scene and i'm like no thank you let's push him off a cliff this is <laughs> this is a great segue for me to say this is edition of arthur's panda talk oh well thank you this is a historical moment michelle opening a panda talk segment Arthur, let me just tell you i'm so happy and you know what it's sad that mike isn't here but i'm glad He's yeah. not here because now I can take over the segment and say this is the last fucking panda talk because oh, Mei Cheng is gone. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Get out of here. 
Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Sucks. You got to <laughs> privately interview Mike about this. This is a really sad moment to miss. I'm going to do my regular segment, but this is a segment within Panda Talk. Now it's time for Arthur's Panda Talks Shipping and Handling. Sorry, segment within a segment. Okay, whatever. Yeah, and I just want to say that I think it'd be kind of funny if Worm Envy and the panda were a ship. I do hope for that too, because that means that Worm Envy would eat the panda, and then not only no. would he end up be out of the story, the panda would be dead. No, no, no. Yes, no, be... yes. The panda would be, be in love. Envy homunculus at that point. <laughs> yeah, instead of turning into a big dog, Envy would turn into a big panda. Let me ask you a question. As our guest, what is your opinion of the panda? I have a pretty neutral opinion on the panda. It seems like it's maybe not for me specifically, but I think the panda probably is important to some viewers of the show. Uh, it's cute. <laughs> neutral. Neutral. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I hate to beat them because today, Kalukale, what a joyous day. The panda is dead. This is how democracy dies. <laughs> Arthur and Mike love the panda so much, they won't shut up about the panda. And the panda uh, annoys me, Pete. I despise the panda. <laughs> you sound like, like a supervillain. Like the like panda the annoys me. I hate the panda. I hate its black. I hate its white. I hate the way it creeps around in the night. <laughs> well, it's good you have that dynamic on the podcast. Good little exactly. back and forth on the panda. Yeah. Get a conflict because that's where story comes from. The panda's three-dimensional character. Do you like the panda, Magellan? Do you like the panda? I like liking the panda. I don't really. I'm neutral. Also, you can give me the same neutral. (laughs) It sounded like a a stamp (laughs) that was hitting the screen. Neutral. Sometimes just like liking things for the sake of annoying people. So Um, I like the panda. You can't annoy me. You can't annoy me, Magellan. You can't. In fact, I'm gonna take the opportunity that Mike's not here to stretch my wings and to say, let the joyous news be spread. The putrid old panda is finally dead. Yay! Ding dong, the panda's dead. Poor old panda, panda. Ding dong, the puny panda's dead. I'm not going to say it. Wake up, sleeping head. Rub your eyes, get out of bed. Wake up, the puny panda's dead. She's gone where the mask has go below, 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 yo ho. Let's open up and sing and ring the bells out. Ding dong, the Mario. Sing it high, sing it low. Let them know the beauty panda's dead. Right, and that concludes Panda Talk. There, it's done. It's over. Full Metal Alchemist. I like it too, but I think it's a little wishful thinking to think that just one little salty atheist speech could turn a town around like this. There was riots yeah. eventually. It, yeah. it tore apart the whole town. And it wasn't his speech. It was the fact that he exposed Father Cornello as a fraud. Yeah, yeah. if only people could hear that Trump was a fraud. Then oh, yeah. Well, we've, we've had riots here, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> His entire his entire thing was based on the miracles. So they broke literally the only thing people liked about the hymn. This is very stupid, but remember when Elon Musk made his profile picture, that picture of Edward reading oh, off God. the booklet? No. I love that he had absolutely no awareness that that was a scene 
of ed being like the most like dickish silicon valley like oh you don't know oh here let me explain to you why humans are just like chemicals like he was being the most over explaining mansplaining dickhead yeah <laughs> and it's like why would you choose that photo like <laughs> i mean i think it's clear why he chose oh that no like photo. but I, I like i i was just trying to wrap my brain of like do you like him oh, in that I scene? think he did. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think that really appealed to him. I think he was like, yeah, humans are nothing. Nothing matters. I'm rich. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure Elon Musk watched from Alchemist was like, this father, he has great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wait, that's what the boring company is. That's a fucking tunnel he wants to make. Yeah. He wants oh to make my a god. Oh my so god. boring company. Fuck. It's also clear. I hope, I hope the celebrities he sent down the death hole have encountered sloth, just like digging yeah. the rest of the tunnel because it's not fucking finished <laughs> yet. Bernie was like, no one should have that much money, like about Bezos and Musk. And Musk responded, like, I'm accumulating resources to take mankind to space. <laughs> like, that was his response to that. Yeah, that and sounds it, like father. Yeah, like, I plan to use the collective labor yeah. of our society to become a god. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, by the way, please buy the uh, Elon Musk as father NFT that the podcast is selling. You can find it at. Uh, I was about to say we should legitimately take some Elon Musk quotes and just put them on top of images of father as <laughs> it's such, oh a, good, my God, it's such yes. a good takedown. It's so accurate. I it's, like to use Photoshop irresponsibly. I'll do this. Father and it's like some people are gonna die on the way to Mars. What can you do? <laughs> Love to use uh, hu humans as fodder for the future. Oh god. Full metal alchemist. And mm -hmm. I think that's thematically that that works. Also, just like to bring in a quick segment here. No, of stop. Our wait, wait, wait. But there's a difference. But before you do that, don't. So, <laughs> I, I got to get this in before you do it because otherwise I'm going to be destroyed forever. Hurry up. <laughs> oh, God. There's a ticking clock. With our segment. Okay. So, no, no, no. Listen, listen. But, but like, there's a difference between. You know, May sees these random people being nice to her and Envy basically gives her the entire motivation for her to go back and tricks her. Mm -hmm. And it comes across as May being like a stupid kid. There's a difference between that and May getting helped back by people she helped before. Envy being like, wow, they haven't forgotten about you. I wonder how long it'll take for you to forget about them when they're all dead and all something like that. One is she's being dumb and easily manipulated by Envy. And the other is Envy is just pushing her to the final conclusion, which is going to help her. One makes her to be a dumb kid. The other is playing on her emotions in a really good way, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. All right, do the super segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, Panda Talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is Panda Talk, the segment where we talk about the fucking panda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to be back, you know? I was a little worried for a while. That maybe Panda Talk was over, but I, I mean, I was told that he was gone, but you know, as we learned from Mortal Kombat, death is just <laughs> another portal. <laughs> did Shamay so, die? No. But, <laughs> but we, we don't did know learn that. that. <laughs> so, it's completely fine. unrelated. Sorry, it's completely unrelated. Death is a portal. But anyway. Shamay didn't chomp anybody in this episode, which is no, my favorite. You know, moves, no, she really, so. really wanted to, though. She, she had the opportunity to, but she didn't do it. <laughs> Restraint. Oh. Restraint. This shows the panda's character development right there. If that doesn't say character growth, I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something I would like to see, now that Envy is a tiny little Caterpie Envy, I would like to see Caterpie Envy versus the panda in a fight throwdown throwdown don't you see it it's all there mm. two uh -huh. harmless <laughs> little baby creatures 
slugging it out for May. So Xiao Mei is the angel on her shoulder and, and beats exactly. the devil on her shoulder. <laughs> that's exactly what like I'd it. like to see. All right, well, that that's we should end Panda Talk. We should just yeah, we wrap should it end. up. Uh, Michelle, someone told me that you've been speeding up the uh, Panda Talk intro and outro music. <laughs> nope. This episode, when Ling was like, did you send a message to Lan Fa? And I was like, bro, that was 20 episodes ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you haven't seen him since, really. Yeah, no, but no. That, was, that was cool because... It's like, message? Because <laughs> Ling probably has a warped concept of time because he's been, like, subsumed... Oh, right into greed this whole time so for him it's like hey did you send the message and even ed this episode was like what what are you talking oh oh that yeah yeah we did that <laughs> it was the first time that he was able to like get through to get through greed you know right yeah, he's like sorry i've been hanging out in the screaming soul void all this time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's real weird down there <laughs> he's got better things to do <laughs> exactly you know what i just realized <laughs> we need to bring back a segment we need to bring back. Where in the world is Lonfan? Lonfan is not in this episode, so that was the end of Where in the World is Lonfan? Where in the world is Lonfan? <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. Before we continue our discussion, I'd like to premiere a brand new game show. And by brand new, I mean, I stole it from the internet. This is based on Um Actually, which is one of my favorite game shows on YouTube. So the game works like this. I'm going to read out some sentences about Full Metal Alchemist, but each one of them contains a factual error, an inaccuracy. Your mission is to listen carefully, buzz in, and then correct me by going Um Actually, this is what actually happened. You must always proceed your correction with um actually, and you can actually buzz in at any moment. You don't have to wait until I finish reading. I'm going to give you an example. So here we go. Full Metal Analyst is a podcast all about the Full Metal Alchemist anime. It's hosted by Michelle Ishan, Michael Carr, and Arthur Ayula, all of whom met Mike. There's an order to things. Arthur goes before my name. Well, not only are you wrong, you didn't, you didn't even say, say um, um actually. actually. Arthur. Um, actually, it's a podcast recapping Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episode. That is correct. So. That's how the game is played. I just was trying to show you how it's done incorrectly. All right, let's play <laughs> the <job>. game. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist is the story of Edward and Alphonse Eric, two children from the rural town of Lior who commit the ultimate taboo of human transmutation when they attempt to bring back their mother from the dead. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, actually. Um... <laughs> Actually, they were not from originally the town of Lior. Correct, they are from Risenbul. Woo! So one point for Camilla. This taboo transmutation rebounds onto the brothers, taking Alphonse's entire body and Edward's right arm. When Edward realizes his brother is Camilla? Um, actually, it takes his leg and then he trades away his arm. You're correct. Whoa! Wow. Thanks to this taboo, the two brothers can perform incredible feats of alchemy without the need for a transmutation circle. We're Mike. Um, actually, like, Al can do that like, later on. I'll give you that point. I'll give you that. You're correct. He can only do that later. All of this attracts the attention of Colonel Roy Mustang, who tells the young Edward to become a state alchemist. With both of them not working for the military, Edward and Alphonse travel through the land in search of a way to break Arthur. Um, actually, just Ed is working for the military. Correct. Unbeknownst to the brothers, they are being observed by fearsome villains known as the homunculi, who are working for a mysterious man known only as Father. M Mike. Um, actually, he's not a man. He's a little, like, a thing. 
from another uh, place. I, uh, that is not the correct one. Okay. I will, however, give you a you point because you are right, because he is not a man. <laughs> that is so pedantic, I have to give that an Okay, okay. The brothers soon find out there's a mysterious conspiracy behind the city of Amestris and that the mythical Philosopher's Stone are actually made out of Arthur. Um, actually, Amestris is a country. Okay, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> actually, Amestris is the white. So our scores right now are Camilla's has two, Mike has two, Arthur has two. Oh no. Let's continue. And that the mythical Philosopher's Stones are actually made out of human souls. They gain this information from Dr. Knox, an old doctor who's regretful of his actions. Arthur. Um, actually, it was Dr. Marco, not Dr. Knox. Okay, you're correct. <laughs> it's part of the game, I have to say it as conceited yeah, that's the idea. and patronizing as possible. Okay. Uh, actually, Dr. Knox is monster. <laughs> <laughs> now, Arthur has three points, Mike has two, Camilla has two, let us continue. While investigating the conspiracy behind the stones, the brothers and Colonel Mustang discover that not only the Fuhrer is a homunculus, but that his family, his wife, and the entire upper echelons of the government, Camilla? Um, actually, his wife is a very normal, ignorant human lady. Okay, you're correct. You're correct. Let's continue. And the entire upper echelons of the government are actually in on the conspiracy. To make matters worse, the fear forbids the Erics and Roy from interfering on father's plans, even transferring all of Roy's friends. Mike? I don't think he forbids anyone to do anything. Um, actually. You know, I was going to give it to you, but you didn't say I'm actually, so... Actually, he just says that, like, you shouldn't do this because if you do it, I'll harm your friends. He, so doesn't, even, not... he doesn't even really say that. That seems pretty forbidding. And knowledge, and knowledge. I'm not giving you a point for that one. Even transferring all of Roy's friends to a dangerous battlefield in the north. Also along for the... Camilla? Um, actually, he does not transfer Riza to a dangerous battlefield in the north. He makes her his personal attache. Yeah. You're correct. Camilla has four point. Mike has two. Arthur has three. Let us continue. Also along for the ride are the characters from the distant nation of Shing, which includes Mei Chang, a young girl accompanied by a pretty little panda, and Ling, the only son of the emperor. Camilla? Um, actually, the panda, it would, it, the panda is not canonically or universally considered pretty. That is so pedantic, I will give... <laughs> that is not what I was looking for, but I will give that to you. Camilla I just know five. it's a hot button topic. I thought I could Camilla steal some... He's just giving it to you. Here. The only reason you're giving, you're getting that no. is because it's... Oh, I'm a sycophant. No, she's actually right because there fan. is there are several characters who are like an ugly little cat or something. So I think it's objectively is... a beautiful creature. But <laughs> Let me continue. Mei Chang, a young girl accompanied by a panda, and Ling, the only son of the emperor, who's been sent to find a secret to immortality. Hello, Mike. Ling is um actually like Ling is like not the only son of the emperor. Oh, you almost <laughs> I almost had you. you you're correct. Oh. You're correct. You're correct. <laughs> you almost didn't say I'm actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so now Camilla has five points, Mike has three, and Arthur has three. Alright, let's continue for the last round. Along the way, the Eric brothers meet many of the other homunculi, including Greed, the oldest homunculus, who's not on talking terms. Camilla? Um actually, <sighs> Pride is the oldest homunculus. Greed's a little young. Cocky dude. You're correct. All three of you buzz with like a... There's like... Damn, so close. <laughs> like this game in particular is designed to destroy my brain. Let's continue for the last round. Including Greed, a homunculus is not on talking terms with Father, Sloth, a lubberly beast digging up tunnels under the world, and Pride, who's actually the Fuhrer's little biological son, Selim. Mike. Um, actually, Selim is not the Fuhrer's biological son. You're correct. There was one more on that one. Does anyone Ooh. want to give it a shot? Um, actually, Sloth isn't digging under the whole world. He's just digging under Amestris. You're correct. That is the final one. Wow, so was... we're closing up the game. 
<laughs> I don't know about that one. Mike has four points. Arthur has four points. And Camilla is the faraway winner with six points for the first ever edition of I'm um, Actually for Full Metal Analysts. That was fun. Wow. Congratulations. I'm truly honored. I feel a little bad for playing dirty by sucking up to you with panda insults, but this victory is so sweet that I... It wipes all that shame away. I wrote Pretty Little Panda, and I did not consider that to be a mistake, so that is not sucking up. You were just really pedantic, and this is a game about being pedantic, so... This is going to divide our entire community. <laughs>I feel like there's a really good scene in this episode. And that's the moment when Ed conveys Trisha's last words to Hohenheim. What's being unsaid at that moment, that Hohenheim never went back to figure out what Trisha's last words were. But also that Pinocchio could have told him, you know, when he was there earlier in the show. But she gave it to his son to relay it to him. It's almost as if she knew that hearing Ed convey those words would hurt him that much more. And that says something about the character to me. Can't exactly put it to words. Uh, and I want to know if you, you guys caught on to that too. That's a very good point you brought up. Um, but I think maybe Pinocchio's motivation was not so much to hurt Hohenheim more by Edward saying that, but in keeping sort of with the theme that Ed needs to understand his father more, that she wanted Edward to deliver that news because she wanted Edward to see that Hohenheim really cared and that he was really upset and remorseful because he does that is like the thing that breaks edward's like ruthless like hatred for his dad and forces him to see him as a flawed human being totally what happened there and it's just like Rumi says you know break your heart until it opens oh <gasps> that's very moving that's a Rumi poem you who's Rumi? you know he's that uh islamic medieval poet poet oh yeah the medieval poet everyone knows yeah, I know, that one. I know that cool. one too. Let's play the beautiful poem jingle. Wow, that was so beautiful. That was the most beautiful <laughs> sound I've ever heard. Michelle, good job finding that. I have a question for you. With all these comparisons for 03, you know, makes me wonder what our little Xiaomei, you know, 03 version, how she stacks oh. up. Oh my, oh In a my, special, oh me, special oh my. section of Panda Talk. No, no, you can't do that. Jacob, please tell Mike what Xiaomei's O3 version is like. Please tell him. I want to listen. The country of Shing does not exist. <laughs> None of those characters exist. There's no panda. There's no Shing. <laughs> There's, no panda. There's no There's panda. There's no pandas at all. <laughs> Well, who really, who really has the last laugh? Because that concludes this special segment of Panda Talk. Oh, it's, it's over. It's over. It. TikTok, Mike. There's a time limit on this segment. <laughs> I'm really I'll happy. Find a way. I cannot <laughs> wait until you and I find something in the O3 that annoys Michelle <laughs> as much as the panda does. Full Metal Alchemist. I know I've said this before, but we've completely just given up on the gorilla guy and Mr. Lion because that's literally what they're called in this episode. Like, he's like, <laughs> gorilla guy. Thanks, Mr. Lion. Like, he doesn't know their names either. You know, why should I learn their names if Ed can't learn their names? Because Ed is a jerk like that, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? All right. So, yeah, she's got a point. And we all but... know what their names really are. 
Which we're all going to say it at the same time. Bebop and Rocksteady. Del Shadow. <laughs> Lionel Richie and Richard. <laughs> Sompano? They're all Del Shadow for me. <laughs> Del Shadow is my favorite. Sounds like a chip flavor to me. Let me just say something real quick. If you're a little devil child who's over 200 years old, why the fuck did you let them take pictures of you? That's he has true. so many pictures of him from different eras, and it's like... If I was a little devil child who's always immortal, nobody would ever take pictures of me. Yeah, if you're playing happen. the part of a kid, what are you going to do when someone tries to take your picture? Oh, no. My daddy is very protective and he doesn't let people see me. Yeah. Plus, they see that he's always in the military. So why would the military shoot themselves <laughs> in the foot by taking pictures of him? You know, like, why would they leave this record? <laughs> I feel like it's yeah, just... You know what? I will, I'll concede that. Something yep. that can happen sometimes, you know, like it can happen sometimes. But then, why are they so well? Like, I guess the military went and found all the photos of him. Like, they murdered all the photographers. Like, is that what happened? <laughs> we can assume it is now. Put him in a drawer. Well, Probably. apparently, it was easy enough that Madame Christmas could find it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, she had a lot of dirt on a lot of those officers. I assume Bradley gave each of them a photo, and he was like, "Don't let these photos come together." <laughs> 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 Oh, you're oversimplifying how... Yeah, it's his Christmas card photos. Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> the Salim Bradley mystery is so underwhelming that by this point... And, and yeah, he... again, this would have been way, way better if it had come before we knew he was Pride, right? Then it would have been yeah. like, what the uh, heck is up with this person? Then they figure it out, and then Pride reveals himself. Like, you're right. Good job, you figured Follow it out. Follow-up question, why does Roy need the pictures now? I mean, Hawkeye was the one that told him that he was a monkless. Was he like, hmm, I know I trust her with my life and I love her. Yeah, but for how long was he? <laughs> but I really need to check. Mom, oh. my not-girlfriend yeah. keeps telling me that her, that her boss is a devil. Full Metal Alchemist. Is that what you feel like you're seeing right now? Like, or that's what they're building up. But doesn't because it seem like personally, that's what they're building it up? doesn't feel like they're building up to that to me. It feels How like it there's going to be fighting involved. But ultimately, this is not going to come down to who punches the hardest. Ultimately, this is going to come down to a decision that I think Ed and Al will probably make it. I think that if this show doesn't come down to a decision, it will be an ultimate failure. And that there's just no way it doesn't come down to something the reason, he decides to do. The reason you have that idea right now is because, like, literally, we don't know what the good guy's plan is. We don't know what the... But like, we, we don't know he's going to kill a bunch it. of people. Yes, we do. Because if we don't know all these things, it <laughs> just... Be, it. We're being asked to invest on but seeing who's going to win but when we these know people enough. punch each other. But I just don't think that's what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just inherently, I'm just very bored. Like, I'm sorry. I, this blew up. I'm bored. I'm very bored by the show right now. This Fullmetal Alchemist, I don't believe this. I'm actively oh excited well, for Fullmetal Alchemist. Where we hate the show we're talking about. <laughs> it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's mediocre. It's like literally all, the line. Every it's, look, we just lost all our listeners. They all just put on like Song Exploder or some shit. Like they're done with us. Listen, I'm sorry. Listening to somebody be like, agree or disagree with me, but like, listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the side of the show that's represented by Father is inherently weaker than every other side of the show because this show did not begin as the stories of people who are going to save the world, but that's what it is right now. The problem with that is that by not giving us enough information about either the bad guy's plan or the good guy's plan, there's nothing for us to latch on to. We're rooting for them based on the gist of something. And 
And the gist of something is okay if that's what you aim to do from the beginning. If this was a show about Edward Eric and Alphonse Eric's series of the world, the gist of the thing would be okay. But because it was not. Because the main tension was about them finding their bodies, this part is boring. We do not know how it relates to anything that we care about. We do not know how it relates to anything that we were interested in. And so we're just asked to be vaguely interest in this boring ass fight between these two characters that unfortunately just amounts to who can pull out the biggest trump card at the last moment of the fight i'm going to extend a lot of branch here i'm gonna say i understand michelle and his point of view talking about the lack of a, of a present motivation and a reason for father to do what he's doing that's fine i understand we're less than 15 episodes away from the ending and we don't know what the goal is we just know that there is a big and a bad threat. Therefore, I stand with Mikey on the point that it doesn't make it less interesting because father is using the bad fascist system as a backbone to uh, unravel his mastermind plan to create a transmutation circle. So it's not about the why, it's more about what could happen and the threat itself makes it dangerous because we know what happened in Xerxes. I'm lost here. It's a kind of a gray area. The lack of reason kind of disturbs me a little bit, but I understand the tension that maybe the belief that there's bad people in the backbone of the government doing shit is enough tension for me to know that the brothers and everyone gathered in this very large friend group must do something to stop it. I'm very, very, very eager to continue watching to see what happens because I basically forgot what happened. But I understand Michelle's lack of present motivation. All right. Oof, this is well, this so is a heated argument. Sorry. This is heated. <laughs> this is heated. Michelle? Everyone feel, feel Mike. a little lighter. <laughs> it's time for you to No, it's not. I know I know someone has a segment they wanna do. Oh, the panda talk that we have to do for this episode. No, no, that's not it. Oh, he dropped out. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a shame. Oh, no. The, the hole he dropped out through is turning. It's growing into, into a plot hole. Uh. Fall through the plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> the door was too small. Full Metal Alchemist. And if you want to learn how to be wowed. <laughs> you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Mike, why don't you host the episode this week? All right. That's going to have a Mike hosted episode. Go, go, go do it. Welcome to Full Metal Analysts, where three writers talk about Full Metal Analyst Brotherhood on a podcast. I'm Mike. <laughs> <This is laughs> I'm Arthur. And I'm Michelle. Right. Hi, guys. How you guys doing? Oh, we're good. pretty good, Mike. Just going to ask you how hosting is going. It's going really well. I <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I think so. I think it'll probably be more one of our more popular episodes. And there's a lot to say about this episode. It was a great episode. It was really good. There is something that confused me a lot in this episode, which was when they were looking out of the giant stone dome into Central. And I was like, I thought they were farther away from Central, but apparently they were right next door. Yeah, like you can see Central from the dome. Like people can see the dome from their houses and stuff. But there was also last episode, there was a shot where Edward was looking out into the distance and there was no Central there. So it was like... 
where are they <laughs> yeah i mean it makes sense just for storytelling purposes to just quickly tie that in so that we don't have to worry about getting them there but it was also a little like i i thought the same thing there was like a geography thing you know what i wanted to jump back to roy real quick okay so when he talks to havoc and he's like so who do i bill it to and he's like the office of the fuhrer and start a tab yes very cool I thought that, that was a great, great line. Start a tab. I've got some war crimes in mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> I've got a lot more people to shoot in the foot. By the way, I just want to say, media needs to stop perpetuating this idea that shooting people in the foot is okay. Yeah, yeah, That is yeah, not yeah. cool. I, <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Like, those are lifetime injuries still. As far as war crimes go, I think that's considered a war misdemeanor. <laughs> There's going to be a whole generation of adults and a master's it's the wheelchair generation because it's just a bunch of people that Roy and, and Rizzo put in wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the yeah, like Roy's like, after all this is over, he's like at the grocery store and like the person's behind the counter and is in a wheelchair. And he's like, um, uh, so there's, is it two for one on this? Uh? <laughs> and they're like, yep. Or I guess let's just wrap up the show. Lena, let's wrap this up. Um, this You're not a, forgetting anything? Oh, no, no, no. This was a great episode. Oh. But we still have to no, give our... No, I'm forgetting something. He has to do it himself. Hey, Mike. Yeah? How about you do something in a convoluted way that will get you out to a baseball field where you will grab a bat and be Mikey at the bat? Oh, that's really good introduction, Mike. Yeah, well, whatever, man. I just have to think of something. Okay. <laughs> Metal Alchemist. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analyst. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. Watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. Bye. <laughs>